There is no longer slave or free There is no longer male or female For you are one in Christ Jesus Hello friends, welcome to yours, mine and ours Stories of faith and life Stories are like windows to people's deepest self and inner life Through our stories, we share who we are and what God has done and is doing in our lives. Thanks to our guest, we will have a fantastic opportunity of listening to funny, engaging, and profound stories of regular people, like you and me, in their journey with Jesus. Don't miss it out, and join us! Hello, hello, Springfield Heights family and friends. Uh, my name is Jose Luis, I'm one of the pastors here, you know me, and I am with my good friend... Henry Simmons. Hey, Henry. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Jose. I'm so glad to have you here with me. You know that you are my first guest here, and I was talking to you about why why, why to do this, right? And I was telling you, you know, uh, we have been isolated for such a long time. Uh, we haven't seen, seen each other for a long time, almost over a year now, right? And we don't know each other. And we don't know much about each other. And this is a Great, great way to just build a little bit of community here in the church, right? So I'm so happy to have you here. So in other words, you want to get to know me a little more? Absolutely, sir. My background? Everything. No, everything that you want to tell us. That's that's completely up to you, my friend, okay? So thank you. Thank you for accepting this invitation. And let me throw a little bit of information about you, and, and then we can start the conversation on. And if you want to jump uh, in any uh, things that I, I'm saying here, you just go ahead. You have a lot of experience. I just know that you work in different places here. Uh, you have a lot of experience. You had your own company at some point. Man, that's great. You were a school driver, a welder, and many other things. You b were born a long time ago. Where? I was born in the Ukraine in uh -huh. 1934. 1934, wow. And when did you move to Canada? We left Ukraine in 1939, uh -huh. uh, shortly before the war. Right. It was very difficult because... There were hardly any men around. Uh -huh. The men were all taken away by the Russians, uh -huh. and they were sent to Siberia right, uh, to work in a cold mine, uh -huh. and they never came back. Wow. So there were mainly women and children. Okay. And then we left at the age of nine. When I was nine, oh, we left right. Ukraine on horse and buggy. I imagine that that must be it, tough, right? It was in fall. Uh -huh. It was my mother, uh -huh. my sister, and myself, my grandmother, oh. my aunt, and her son. We were all on the wagon. Two boys and the rest women, right? Yes. Wow. And we couldn't all get on the wagon. Oh. So us children, we had to take turns walking. Exactly. And uh, we were on that wagon for almost a week. Oh, wow. Some days we didn't know whether we were going west or east. Uh-huh. A week later, we came to a little village. Uh-huh. 
And there we were put into boxcars. Do you remember the name of the village? No. Okay. We were put into boxcars. Uh-huh. And there were two trains standing. Okay. And we were in one of the boxcars on one train. We didn't know which way that train was going. Uh-huh. All my other relatives went in the other train. Really? And luckily our train went west and their train went east. And they went all to Siberia. Oh my goodness. That's quite an experience, huh? And then we went by train mm-hmm. to Poland. Yeah, okay. And there we stayed for three years. All right. Three years later, we went to Germany. In 1949, we uh-huh. came to Germany. And there we stayed also three years. Oh, okay. I assume that the, uh, you stay at Poland uh, like a refugee. And I assume, and you may correct me, I assume that uh, with a bunch of other, let's say, Mennonites, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. And then you moved to Germany. Moved to Germany. How things were in Germany at that point? In Germany, close to Holland, close to the Dutch border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there we were put under uh, at a farmer. Okay. And that's where I got my schooling, actually. Really? There I got my schooling. And we stayed there for three years. Uh And after three years, we were uh, let go to uh, uh, Canada. Okay. We had uh, nobody here. Right. That uh, could sign for us or pay for us. Uh Uh-huh. But there was a man working for MCC, and he wrote a letter. Okay. And it, it only took a week, and we got the okay we could come. Okay. MCC paid for us, and we had to pay it back once we were in Canada. Right. Let, let me stop you a little bit, Henry, there. Uh, do you have any good memory uh, when you were at school in Germany? The only good memories I had, I was a very, very bad boy. I can't believe that. Yes. <laughs> Tell me more, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> I, uh, when I say bad, you know, I did all kinds of things which I shouldn't have done. Okay. Uh, I put uh, uh, the girls that were sitting in front of us uh-huh. with pigtails and I put them in the ink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I got a strap out of five days, I would say at least four days. Uh-huh. Week. And the more I got it, the worse it, I, I became. Right. But uh, other than that, uh, those years in Germany, uh-huh. that is where I got my most schooling. Wow. Okay. All right. And then <clears throat> you had a chance to move to Canada with your family or what was, what was left of your family, right? My mother, sister, and myself. Okay. So I assume that you have only one sister. Yes. Okay. And then you moved to Canada. Where did you uh, move to Canada when you get in here? Uh, what place uh, you were we at? We came, we landed, we were on a boat for 10 days. Okay. We left Bremen in yeah. Germany. Yeah. We were 10 days on the, on the boat. Okay. And then we arrived in Halifax. And then we came by a CPR train uh-huh. to Winnipeg. Okay. So you you. Actually, your final destination was Winnipeg, I yes, assume. Yes. Okay, wow. And how were those days? Uh, how did it look like? How did you um, restart your your life uh, in this new country for you? Well, that was my 
aunt and her son uh -huh. had gotten here before. Uh-huh. Okay, that helps. They were renting a little house and they took us in. All right, all right. So we were with five people in a little house. Uh-huh. And uh, there, that's when I started school. Right. I was 14, uh -huh. and I turned 15 a few days later, and then at 15 I started school. It was called the uh, Lord Kitchener School, okay. which is now called John Pritchett School. Really? Yes. Oh, I know that school here. And uh, the principal was Miss Doc Mr. Rupert. Okay. He put me in grade three. All right. I couldn't speak a word of English. That was one of my questions. Okay, so what uh, what uh, language did you speak at that time? Uh, high German and low German. Oh, okay. Just give me a second, because for that for for you that is very normal. But for a lot of people, we have no clue what was high German and low German. So I can explain a little bit. High German for me at least is the regular German, right? Yes. And low German is it's, not as a as a lower. Is what the, the Mennonites. Right. It's not a lower language. It's just a, a plodage. That's right. right. Is That's the language that many Mennonites around the world speak. So yes. I, I wanted to explain that because you never know who don't know these kind of yes. things, right? You know, it was it was very difficult. I imagine sitting that. among those little boys and uh -huh. girls. And not understand what they were saying. Oh man! And uh, the teacher was a Mennonite teacher. Okay. She spoke high German, low, low German, German, and okay. English. She was told by the principal strictly not to speak German to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then I asked uh, the teacher, "Why would you put me in grade three? Uh huh. And the principal had said at that time, "If I put him in a higher grade." Right. He will have more difficulties learning the language. Oh, okay. That's why he put me in grade three. Right, right. Henry, uh, one more uh, last question about your background here. Um, I guess your mom played a huge role in your life. And I, I guess there are many things that you are thankful for that she did for you, things that she cared for you, right? So... Um, any, any, is, is there anything that you you would like to highlight about her influence in your life? Well, you know, uh, going back again to uh, Ukraine, uh -huh. when I was seven and eight years old, before yeah. we left, we were so poor. Okay. We had hardly anything to eat. Uh -huh. Then my mother made me and my friends go in the pasture where the cattle were grazing. Okay. And there were a lot of gophers. And there we caught oh. gophers. Okay. And we caught the gophers and took them home, skinned uh -huh. them, and the meat we ate. All right. That was the only meat we had. Right. And the fur, my mother made gloves out of that, and we sold them for a few pennies, you know. Oh, okay. I understand. But a highlight... I thank, can thank the Lord enough that I had a mother mm -hmm. that was very strict, mm -hmm. but she was very, uh, how should I put it, uh, concerned oh, okay. that I would learn Bible verses uh -huh. and go to church. So faith was something important yes. for her, right? Uh, yes. Okay. And you received that as well from her? Yes. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Henry. Uh, 
there are those kind of details, those kind of kind of stories. Uh, we don't have much time, or or we don't make the time really to to listen to those beautiful stories, right? They are uh, with you, uh, and now we are sharing them with the congregation, and that is something that uh, has a lot of value. Those stories are very important. So thank you for sharing that, Henry. I appreciate that. grew up <laughs> and and you 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 had a a, a tough life at, from the beginning you had to work uh, early on as a boy almost as at a teenager the age of right 16 wow yeah and, and and that was a lot of uh, responsibility on your shoulders right uh, but I'm I'm interested to, to hear um, what what are two three things that you think are unique of of you that comes with you or let me put it into another way what are the gifts that you have to offer well the gifts that i have to offer is i offer myself oh i offer myself wherever i can put a hand on wherever i can i can help somebody or be a blessing to others I always try to take advantage of all those, uh, those uh-huh. opportunities. Uh-huh. You're a helper. Very much so, yes. Okay. Beautiful. How have you shown that kind of help or caring for others? Do you have any story? I, uh, I have shown that by uh, when I had the opportunity of being a foreman wherever I was, uh-huh. I tried to, to teach the people in such a way that they would remember the good side of me. Right. If somebody would do something wrong, I would not go and take it out on him. Uh-huh. I would take him to the side. I would explain to him what he had done wrong, uh-huh. show him how it's done the right way. Uh-huh. And I have uh, I have really benefited by doing that, by uh, uh, having those employees love me right. and treat me like a foreman. Uh-huh. You know what you say? It's very interesting because <clears throat> even you were helping, even though you were trying to uh, guide someone, let's say one of your workers, uh, you as well somehow were helped. You as well felt some sort of fulfillment, some sort of change or, or, or influence. And, and that's amazing because in, in relationships, uh, when good relationships happen, it's precisely this is the result. That's the precisely the result that both pe- people, both persons, are somehow influenced by each other and transformed by each other, and that's amazing, right? So good, good. Um, you know, and when we started working, uh-huh. my mother had a job at the um, sewing factory in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and my sister was also working there. Okay. They were working in a sewing factory, and I was working as a welder. Okay. I got 25 cents an hour, and my mother and sister, they each got 50 cents. Wow. So the total of three people, uh-huh. we earned $1.25 an hour. Wow. That's unthinkable today, right? <laughs> it's impressive. But, but, you know, we've always seen the Lord helping us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we could never, never say that we are kind of neglected. 
Uh-huh. Always had enough. Right. Always. Beautiful. That is something really, really amazing to know that even when times are tough, you know that there is somebody bigger than you, stronger than you, watching over your life. And you see God working in your life in different ways, sometimes through people, sometimes through church, sometimes through strangers, uh, sometimes just giving you the energy and the ability to continue working, right, and doing what you're doing. And that's the blessing of the journey. You know, a, a real big blessing was to have a mother Yep, that uh, was a good example for you. Right. And taught you the right things. Uh-huh. And when I did something wrong, uh-huh. I was remembered or reminded, <laughs> okay. this is not the way it's done. Right. I, I know for a fact when I was still younger, and uh, my mother had some ladies coming over to visit her. Uh-huh. And I said, made a remark there, which I shouldn't have. Okay. Once the ladies were gone, my mother reminded me, that was not nice. And you will go and apologize. Uh-huh. You know... Apologizing is very good, but it's very difficult. Uh-huh. But you learn by doing that. Uh-huh. And I learned. Uh-huh. Through my mother, she was such a good example for me uh-huh. and everything that I did. If I made a mistake, she mentioned that yeah. and she helped me. She corrected. Good. That's where I learned a lot of things when I was had the opportunity of working with people, you know. Right, right. That's amazing. Thank that you. She was a very good example for uh-huh. me. And also in the Christian life. Right, right. So, I guess uh, around those years, your mom and, and your family as well were, were involved in a church. At what point of your life you, you decided or, or you realized, you know what, I, I think... I want to get baptized. I think this is this is my journey as well. Not only my mom's journey, my family journey, but I want this to be uh, my journey. I want God to be, let's say, Lord over my life. I don't know if you used that words, but but yeah. When when did you want it or decided to get baptized? That was at the age of nineteen. Okay. When I was invited by uh, our minister uh-huh. to come and participate in the catechism class. Okay. And uh, we uh, we were about 10, 12 people in mm-hmm. the catechism class. Mm-hmm. That's where I got my foundation as far as the Christianity is concerned, you know. All right. And by learning the catechism, uh-huh. there I grew spiritually Stronger and stronger. Right. Finally, I came to the point after two years learning the catechism class to get baptized. Okay. And when I was baptized, then I had an opportunity because I was asked to come and help in the Sunday school. All right. And that's when I was uh, uh, preparing myself to be a teacher in Sunday school. Right. Which lasted 35 years. Okay. We are going into that but not not yet <laughs> um and ha, ha, what do you remember about your baptism at church 
What was special for you that day? Well, you know, you have uh, you get a completely different feeling. Uh -huh. You have this feeling that somebody is is coming to help you. Okay. Give you something that you need for your journey. Uh huh. And uh, you know, I took it very serious. Right. I I didn't take it just. Uh, Uh, as a joke or whatever, right. because somebody else did it, my friends did it. Uh -huh. I had this desire. I wanted to to do something and come closer to the Lord. That's beautiful. It was a, a personal journey, personal journey of saying, I, "I want this" or "I need this." Right? Amazing, amazing. Did you ever regret that? No, never, never. And since then, it's been a long journey. You were 19 when you got baptized. Um, what would you say, Henry, have been perhaps one or two big changes that has happened in your life, in your Christian life, in your journey with God, with Jesus, uh, since then on? Anything that uh, you can say, you know what, I think the Lord changed me in this way or that way. You know... When I was baptized, mm -hmm. like I told you before, I never had a chance of getting an education. Uh -huh. I never had a chance of reading the Bible uh -huh. until I came to Canada. All right. And as I was given a Bible by my mother, mm -hmm. I had a, a desire to search more and more and more in the Bible. Okay. And that's how I grew spiritually. Right. And our Sunday school teacher must have seen that superintendent. Uh -huh. And then he asked me to become a Sunday school teacher. And, you know, by teaching the Sunday school kids, my first class that I got, I was 19. Okay. And I had about a dozen children. They were 15. Okay. He gave me the oldest class. Oh, my goodness. But he must have seen something in me that I didn't know I had. Right. Who was he? Uh, who was this person? We uh, want to honor. Carl Fast. We he want also, to honor Carl. He came from the Ukraine. Awesome. Awesome. How, tell me, I, I, I'm teaching uh, kiddos here at church too. How did you handle it? It's not easy. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, when he asked me and uh, and I finally I said, I, I, I can't answer this. He says, I'm going to give you two weeks uh -huh. to think over it, pray about it. Right. In two weeks' time, I will ask you again. Okay. Two weeks went by, and he uh, he phones, and he says, Henry, this is Saturday night. Mm -hmm. I'd like to have an answer today. Okay. I says... Uh, no my, pressure, huh? <laughs> my answer is yes. Okay. He said, I want to see you tomorrow in Sunday school at such and such a time. Uh -huh. And you and I will go into a class so you can see how it's done, how they teach children. Right. He says, <clears throat> we'll go over one class one Sunday, second, the second, uh -huh. and the third. Three Sundays in a row. In a row. Uh -huh. After three Sundays, he says, Henry, you're ready to take a class. Beautiful. Then he, and then he gave me that class, uh -huh. the 15-year-old. And he also came into King. my class okay. to listen. Good. And before we went into the class, he says, you have seen three different teachers teach. Uh -huh. 
And I want to tell you, and I want to give you one example, and I don't want you to forget that. Mm -hmm. When you stand in front of your class, All right. you have no business of reading. It's got to be all in here. <laughs> he says, you memorize it, otherwise the kids don't listen. That car was a good teacher, too. And the minute you look into a paper, uh -huh. the students switch off. Yes. You got to have contact constantly. Uh -huh. I will never forget that. That was an amazing advice, man. That's amazing. I, I really I really appreciate what he did for you, actually. Yeah. You know, and I have never forgotten that. Absolutely. And I noticed that in church when ministers preach, uh -huh. some ministers, they read a lot. Right. And uh, it's not that we switch off, but it's different than when you make eye contact. Right. You can't beat eye contact. No, 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 And no. when you train... Your children, for instance, if you don't make eye contact, they don't take it serious. Right, right. When you make eye contact, they know you're, it comes from the heart. Exactly, exactly. Well, Henry, uh, you have done so many things at church. Uh, you were for over 35 years Sunday school teacher. That's amazing. I don't know how many people uh, can say that. Uh, so you must be feel proud about it. But you also were uh, a song leader and you participated for 22 years in the quartet men and for 65 years in the church choir. And led the choir for funerals. And you led the choirs for funerals, exactly. So what do you like about music, about worship? You know, I love music because every song has a message. Yes. And you can just sing it without even thinking of what you're singing. Uh -huh. But I'm the one that really uh, pays attention of the words. Uh -huh. and, and they're a blessing to me. Okay, good, good. Um, who has you been? Uh, who has been uh, the best partner or people who you have been around in choir? Anyone that you may remember in the choir? Yeah. Well, there was a fellow. He was a single man. His name was John Albright. Okay. He died at the age of I don't know somewhere in the fifties. Uh huh. He was a song leader. He was a good friend of mine. And he is actually the one that started me to sing in the choir. Oh. You know, at first there was another one before that. Uh-huh. It was a Mr. Victor Cleaver. Okay. He, uh, he was a song leader, a small choir, mm -hmm. and he invited me once. He says, Henry, why didn't you come and help us sing bass? Okay. I was young. Right. I thought I could sing bass. <laughs> So I went to the choir practice. That was a different church on, on Devon, a very small okay. church. And I stood between two men. They were good bass singers. And uh, then I sang, and we had for an hour and a half practice. Right. So we had for 45 minutes, and then there were a lot of people, a lot of men that were smoking. They had to go out, and they had to smoke, and then we came back. 
and when we had the recess, I took off home. I realized I couldn't sing. <laughs> I was singing soprano, just a little lower. Yeah. And I thought that was bass. Okay. So I quit. Okay. And then uh, a week later, I didn't go. And then he gave me a phone call. He says, Henry, I missed you at choir practice. I says, Mr. Cleaver, I'm very sorry, but uh -huh. I realized so quickly I couldn't sing. Okay. He <clears throat> says, Henry, that's the best way to learn. When you realize you have to come back, yes. I'll put you between those two men. Right. Don't sing loud, but listen. Yes. Listen and listen. And I went back and I've been singing everything for 35 years. It seems that you have been surrounded by very good people that has given you, have given you good lessons and good advice for, for life, right? And have given me a tremendous opportunity. Yes, absolutely. And I was willing to take those opportunities and, and make them to something, you know. One of the things that I like, Henry, in this conversation, actually, is you are naming people. You are giving me names. I don't know these people, but it is important to remember. To me, it's important to remember those who have a significant impact in our lives because they don't, don't only gave us opportunities, They, they saw things in us that perhaps at that time we didn't even see uh, of ourselves. And, and that's the beauty of, of being surrounded by good people at church, right? Henry, tell me, uh, how did you connect, uh, or uh, yeah, uh, I don't know when, but how did you get connect, connected with uh, Springfield Heights Mennonite Church? Well, I was a member of the North Kildonan Mennonite Church. Okay. We had, like I said before, a small building on Devon. Oh, okay. And people came more and more from South America, uh -huh. from Europe. Okay. The church became too full. Oh, so yes. So they decided that they would have to build a building. Right. They bought a piece of land on Roach between Devon and Sheraton on the east side. Right. It was all bush. That's pretty close where we are right now, right? It's a few blocks from here. Yes. That's where we uh, started building the basement. Oh, okay. And we had church service and Sunday school in the basement. Oh, okay. Until we had a little more supply to build upstairs. Right. And then they built the upstairs, and that's where we were still members in the first Mennonite church. Oh, really? But this was just a shoot-off. Right. Them. And, and we had in our church here in the, in the North Caledonian Mennonite Church, we had catechism right. class. Once we were ready for baptism, the baptism took place in the first Mennonite Church oh, on Alverstone. Oh, yes. Okay, I, I see. And that's where we went and got baptized. And when I got baptized, there were 45 people. Okay. We were all baptized on the same day. Wow. By... by uh, uh, Reverend John Enns. Okay. He was the elderly. Uh -huh. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, did you participate here at Springfield Heights uh, at the beginning, I guess, right? So you, you are part yeah, of the pillars of this church. Then we were, <clears throat> the church got too full. Okay. North Caledonian. Okay. Then they decided we will split. Okay. It was mainly uh, the Sunday school teachers that kind of forced this into. Okay. And then uh, they started uh, having meetings, mm -hmm. 
and a committee, and they decided that they would also buy, they couldn't buy a church, mm -hmm. but they would buy property, and that's where we bought this property okay. and built this church. All right. In 1964. Four, exactly. And I, we, I was also one of the first ones that came here. Well, there were a bunch that came from the North Cologne Church. Eh? Right. So you have been part of this church? From day one. Oh. From day one. From day zero, actually. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, every, every church has journeys as well, right? We have personal journeys as individuals, but churches as a collective has a journey as well. And sometimes the journey is very awesome, great. You know, you feel like you are climbing the mountain. But other times the journey gets a little bit too bumpy. And, and there are some challenging times in, at churches too. Um, so tell me, uh, what, what are the things that you like about Springfield Heights Mennonite Church? Well, there's a lot of things. Uh, the uh, the atmosphere was completely different when we started. Okay. Everybody was willing to do any kind of work. Nobody, you could ask anybody to help, and they would always say yes. Oh, okay. That thing has changed. Okay. You know, uh, they don't feel like uh, I'm needed or I can contribute to anything. Mm -hmm. Let others do it. Oh, okay. But at that time, we all felt we had to start pulling the wagon. Right. And that's where we grew so, t so strong. Right. We got a big group coming from the Sergeant Mennonite uh -huh. Church, and more and more came from the, from the South, South America. Wow. And when we started, uh, we had church service in the Springfield Heights School. Okay, yes. Every Sunday, we had Sunday school right. here, and we had church service until this was ready, and then we moved in here. Amazing. At the highest point, how many members uh, our church had in the past? Do you remember? I don't know. I don't want to put a figure on it because <laughs> I'm not sure. You know? That's fine. But I remember in our conversation, like perhaps even two years ago, uh, you told me that uh, when you were a Sunday school teacher, there were lots of kiddos around the building. So you have you had one of the biggest Sunday schools, perhaps, that I ever know of. Well, we had Sunday school children over 400. Oh, my goodness. We had 45 Sunday school teachers. Oh, wow. And uh, the longest person that was the, the superintendent was uh, Jake Priest. Okay. Every second week, or was it once a month? I'm not quite sure now. We had a Sunday school teacher meeting. Okay. Where we got into the Bible, uh, learning more. If somebody had difficulties, right. then we would help each other. Right. We had that every, at least once in two, two weeks. Okay. Like I said, we had 45 Sunday school teachers. We had over 400 children. Okay. We had difficulties finding a spot. I imagine that. every corner in church was being used. <laughs> kitchen, everywhere right. to have a class. Wow. It has changed. It has yeah. really gone down. Down, eh? right? Yes. Yeah, we have a lot of space now. 
But you know, like I, I was a young Sunday school teacher, and I wasn't the only one. There were many young uh -huh. ones, but we learned through having meetings together. You know, right? And the older people they taught us, they they showed us how it's done. You know, right? And that's super helpful, especially when you are beginning something new, right? Uh, you appreciate the support, but also the teaching when people is with you teaching how to do things. You know, that's super helpful. Um, things have changed over the years, right? Uh, we have a little, we have declined uh, a bit uh, with people. We have less members now, but still, uh, where do you see God at work today in our church? Well, probably not too much physically, uh -huh. but there are people that are very concerned and serious about the relationship with each other, right? You know, now that we are in this virus, yeah, uh, it is very hard to uh, uh, to uh, express where we are. Eh? Mm -hmm. We need each other like we need air to breathe. Yes, and we don't get it because we are separated. Yeah, and we just hope and pray that that this will change again. Mm -hmm. eh? And you know, sometimes I tell my wife. You know, the good Lord has been so good to us. And I think sometimes we have taken it for granted. Oh, okay. Too lightly. Uh -huh. And the Lord must speak to us. And maybe it's, it's a great deal that the Lord has everything in his hands. He uh -huh. rules everything. And I'm sure he is involved by having what we have. Uh -huh. And get us to the point to realize, hey, What's number one in our life? Mm. What is the one thing that we're striving for? And that is heaven. And I think we have taken it for too long, too lightly. Okay. okay. That is my opinion. Right, right. Good. The wife and I take it very serious. That's why we're always in church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. We miss the, uh, the, the community very much. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it feels different. Yes. You don't meet the people. You don't meet your friends. Yeah. You can't communicate. Yeah. And you come up and with these masks and you, you've been in church for half an hour at the most an yeah. hour. Yeah. It, we need more than that. Yeah. I, I feel that we are missing the community, yes. the spiritual gathering. I really miss that. That's important what you mentioned because in, in our... Let's say in our Mennonite communities, community, it's, it's something really important. Um, other churches place emphasis in other things, either the word or the service or, or songs um, or the Holy Spirit or whatever. And it's okay. I mean, every church has its own uh, um, highlights and trends and strength. In our case, community plays a really important uh, role in our lives because we feel that in community, uh, we find God and we learn from God and we learn from each other and we build up each other. And, and now with the whole COVID crisis, we don't have it. We have been stripped off that community. We don't see each other. We actually, we many times now, we miss even uh, body language cues because... 
we listen to a person, but we don't see their faces. We don't see their at least we don't see their their, their mouths or their expressions. You know, and and we take a lot of those things in, in communication. We we get a lot of information from those kind of cues, and and we don't have that. And words seems to be now. Um, not the best <laughs> uh, way to express, or or we or let me put it this way: we don't have the best words, perhaps, uh, to communicate how we are really feeling at this point. You were asking before. What what made me grow spiritually? Right. Well, uh, growing spiritually is a very, very, uh, it's a good tool to read the Bible. Yes. You know, and when I was baptized, that's when I really started reading the yes. Bible. And when I was Sunday school, I had to read it. Yes. To get educated. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have kept that kept it up mm -hmm. you know I don't want to brag but would you believe I read the Bible from cover to cover twice beautiful then I started to, after reading it twice I started reading from Psalms love it from Psalms to the end right now I'm reading it for the 14th time wow that's amazing congratulations and you know from time to time, I says to my wife, and I always read my German Bible, uh -huh. because I taught German Sunday school. Uh, I can read the English, but for some reason, the, the German is a little closer to me. Yes. Not that I can't understand the yeah. English, but my wife reads the English, uh -huh. I read the, the, the German. And then we, we share each other. Uh -huh. uh, what, what does this really mean? I says to her, you know, now that I've read it so many times, every time I read it, I find something new in there. Yes. I says, have I missed it? You know, and that's why the Bible is always new. And I wish yes. more and more people would find that necessary, how important it is that we read the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have this feeling, and I hope it's a wrong feeling, that... There's fewer and fewer people reading it. That's unfortunate, and and there are re there is a research around saying that, uh, especially Canadians, younger Canadians, are reading less and less the Bible, for different reasons and for different motives. But I, I hear you because the Bible, Scripture has this. It is it's a kind of a mystery thing because when you read it with with open eyes and hearts. You see... It was a desire to learn. Exactly. You see new things, right? Sometimes you read over and over a story and you always find something new. But also, there is this power in Scripture that nurtures your soul somehow. And that is God speaking into our lives. That is God infusing His life and His Word in us. Uh, and when that happens, we feel stronger. We feel this energy, this power, and that's, I guess, is the Holy Spirit as well, who empower us and, and give us the life of God to continue our journey, right? I get sometimes the feeling that people are hesitated, hesitating 
to ask God for something. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. And and he is just waiting for us to ask. And he's waiting yeah. for us to ask him, reach me your hand. God is available. And sometimes we don't see it. Beautiful story in the Gospel of Mark. One of the ber- first miracles of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. I think it's the first one, actually. And, it's, and, and there is a leprosy man, and he said, Lord, if you want, can you clean me? And Jesus said, I want, be clean. And, and I think that's how God is with us. God, God waits for our asking because he wants to help. Henry, thank you so much for being with me this time. Uh, I'm going to make uh, just a few more questions, and these are going to be perhaps easier (laughs) because many of the others you have covered already. Um, But let me ask you, what is your favorite either hymn, song, or worship song uh, at church? If you have any. I would say that there are so many. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be able to put a finger on one specific, you know. I have songs at home that I sing by myself. Right. And, you know, every uh-huh. time I sing a song, right. it, it gives me something that I'm asking for to uh-huh. give me strength. Yeah. You know, you also asked me what my uh, important Bible verse was. Yeah. Well... One of the very important one for me is okay. uh, Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. Well, in German it says, Hebe meine Augen auf zu dem Herrn. Lift up your eyes to the Lord. Oh, beautiful, yes. That is also my uh, my verse, my baptism verse. Beautiful. I can recite it by memory in Spanish. <laughs> I think we have that, that, that same thing, you know, that uh, even we both speak English, we both understand English. Somehow uh, the theological language, the God's language, <laughs> is is what comes first, right? In your, in your case, is the perhaps German, low German or high German? Both. Both. And, and in my case, it's Spanish, right? So, yeah, true. <laughs> I, when I hear you actually saying it in German, immediately I recognize it. And I can see, I can uh, recite it in my head, but in Spanish. That's the thing. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for uh, sharing that. You know, and I had a hard life when I got married mm-hmm. uh, my first time. Mm-hmm. And we were, had four children. Mm-hmm. And my youngest girl was uh, six. When uh, the Lord called my wife home. Okay. <laughs> it was difficult. Mm, I imagine that. You know, and I tried as hard as I could to raise that child. But I realized no matter how I tried, no matter what I did, I could not replace a mother. Right. Then two years later, I was introduced to another lady. Mm-hmm. That lady had been single for six years. She had four children. Okay. She had three sons and a daughter. Mm-hmm. I had three daughters and a son. Wow. Her husband died of cancer as well. Uh-huh. I was introduced to her. We had never seen each other. Within six months, we were married. Wow. And now we've been married for 36 years. Amazing. And then they say, Oh, second marriages don't last. <laughs> it's what you make of it. Yeah. We have been blessed tremendously. Uh-huh. I had a very good wife the first time. Uh-huh. But with the second wife, I have been growing spiritually so strong. Uh-huh. 
I uh, I can't thank the Lord enough for that. You know, we have our morning devotion every morning. Uh-huh. We read the Bible, we discuss it, right? We pray, we pray for the chil- for the children, for the sick people. We pray for our church, for our ministers. Your name is mentioned every morning. Thank you. I appreciate that. And we feel that is our obligation. Uh And I think if more people would have that feeling, Uh there would be a lot of things different. Henry, I just want to say thank you. Really. Um, I never have had this conversation before, uh, before with you talking about your family, your wives. Um, I'm thankful for your, your transparency, your honesty, um, your willingness to share with us um, about your journey, your personal life, about your faith life, about the good and the bad. And in all, uh, I can see that God has been at work in your life. And I have this feeling um, seeing you here in front of me now, I feel confident to say God has been faithful with you. You know, if I may say something, when we came to Canada, my mother had been single for many years. Right. And uh, some of our relatives were still in in, uh, Russia or Uh Ukraine. And they found out where my father was. Really? Yes. He had been uh, gone for a number of years, and uh, then finally he got married again mm-hmm. to a, a nurse. Okay. <clears throat> and when we found out that he was alive, right, and he was married, that was a blow to my mother. I imagine. You know, she took all the pictures off where he was on the sh- on the sh- dresser. Uh-huh. One day I come there, all the pictures are gone. I says, Mom, where are those pictures? Right. Well, he got married to another woman. We don't need it. You know, I didn't say much because I know how she felt. Yeah, sure. It didn't take a month. All the pictures were up again. Wow. So I asked her, I said, Mom, what has happened? Uh-huh. And you know what her response was? He says, I don't know the condition he was in, but what's the point of being mad and angry? It's not going to help. I might as well live on, forget it, and remember the good times we had together. Wow. She was a dear mother. Mm-hmm. And I can't thank the Lord enough that she put the the base in my spiritual life, in my life. Right, right. Anyway, it's it's been good to know you more and more, better and better. And my wife and I wish you all the best and God's richest blessing. May you be a tool in his hands. Thank you, Henry. And a speaker that will remind us from day to day not to take life uh, lightly, but take it seriously. Thank you, Henry. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us. Uh, Bless you all. Thank you, God, for calling me. Thank you, God, for calling me into your community. Thank you, God, for calling me. Thank you, God, for calling me into your community.